0: Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Mindful podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Bishke, and I am so excited to be here today with my two physical therapists who I personally see twice a week, Brock Labelle and Nikki Mullen. I'll let them identify their credentials and a little bit about their background. So, why don't we start with you, Brock?
1: Okay, I'm a doctor of physical therapy, been practicing now for almost two and a half years before that. I was a college hockey player and that's about it. For me, I, I really like physical therapy and I love sports and I think we'll get deeper into that as we go. Nice. All
2: right. I'm Nikki. I work here with Brock. I'm a physical therapist assistant. So a lot of people probably wonder what that is difference between a physical therapist. And basically we are able to do mainly most of the same things. I just can't do the initial evaluations that Brock does. So patients we see, he does the initial evaluation and then I can go on with the treatment plan afterwards.
0: Nice. Awesome. So they work here at competitive edge where we are doing the podcast from their PT clinic here in Tampa, Florida. So thank you guys for working with me. I know, yeah, you work a lot with athletes and, and I want to know a little bit about like what Drove you to go into the space, go into the field of physical therapy, Brock? Let's we'll, we'll yeah, start with you.
1: For sure. Thanks for having us on. We are uh, very excited to do this. So. Yeah.
0: So happy you guys are here.
1: For me, it was I, it started as something where I wanted to stay super close to sports. Being an athlete my entire life, I, I thought, how could I find a career that would keep me close to athletes? Knowing when my my dreams ran out of of playing hockey for the rest of my life, so. For me, it was to stay somewhere in the sports field and work with athletes. And it just evolved into so much more. Even the non-athletes that we work with, I, I just love the profession. And, but it definitely started from my own my own injuries, my own time in physical therapy, yeah. rehabbing my own injuries and just loving that. And then finding the ins and outs of the profession that I love. So Yeah,
0: that's awesome. You can tell that you love it. You really <laughs> geek out on lots of stuff too. So that's one of my favorite things about coming here is that They're so creative, both Nikki and Brock with, yeah, finding out-of-the-box solutions to rehab your injuries. So it's really cool. Nikki, what about you?
2: So basically, I've always had like the desire to go into some sort of health medical profession ever since I was a small child. My mom is a nurse at a cancer hospital, so I would just listen to stories from her. I would always hear everything she had to say, and I have always wanted to do something like that. And then uh, I played sports a little bit growing up and my main thing was riding horses, which is sort of my other passion other than physical therapy. So, yeah. and then I've always had just a desire of health, fitness, that kind of thing. So I've kind of merged all of those together and found um, physical therapy and it's been everything I want it to be.
0: I love it. It's cool when you can kind of merge these different paths. You just kind of put some of your favorite words together and you're like okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Athlete sports, like, exactly. you know, helping profession. So I'm glad that you guys are on the path that you're on. So
1: I've become that guy now where the, when you are a young athlete and someone would tell you to do something and you're like, <laughs> what does this guy know? And now being fortunate enough to work with so many young athletes and, and high school kids or college kids, and you're get to speak the language that they're speaking and watch them go through the things that you went through. is such a, a rewarding experience to be on, on this side of it, but also rewarding in the terms of, parents and answering questions that they have about recruiting or the college experience or anything along that line. I get to relive that, that moment in my life almost every day.
0: Yeah. That's super cool. I love it. And what are the types of athletes? Do you guys see more of a certain type of athlete or specific sport more so than others and the types of injuries that you see maybe just repeatedly day to day?
1: All your average high school sports that you would think of if you're thinking of an American college or college or high school athlete, a lot of football players, basketball players, volleyball, soccer, we cross all, all spectrums. I've had a professional dirt bike racer motocross, I should oh, call it. Nice. I, I'd be doing them a disservice. We've had, we, we go anywhere from, from young athletes just getting started to professional and in, in a single day, and we range all sports, NFL, NBA players. We've had a lot of MLB baseball players in general, NHL. Yeah. We're lucky to see all of them and all sorts of soft tissue injuries, all Types of joint-related injuries, and lucky to, to see every single one of them. They're all challenging in their own way and, and rewarding in their own way. I mean, it keeps it fresh for us.
2: Yeah, you know, I was just gonna say we've been seeing a lot of ACLs recently, a lot of ankle reconstruction. Like the list goes on. Anything and everything that could happen, we we see here. We get to treat, and I mean I've been learning just so much on the job, seeing all the different types of injuries that come through. And it's been
0: great. Are there like any injuries that you're like, oh God, not another ACL or not this patient. They never listen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I walk in, right? Yeah. No, 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 <laughs>
1: never. No, we want to see everybody. Yeah.
2: And if mm-hmm. anything, it's like the more we see, the more we get the experience working with that kind of injury and the more we are able to kind of hone in on the treatment plan and really just work best for the patient and what they need to recover. It's a nice, soft way to answer that. There's a physical
0: therapist, when you're sitting there with the bird's eye view of the situation and you know kind of the injury trajectory and then your patient just doesn't listen to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we call those ones non-compliant.
0: <laughs> I love it. This is a non-compliant patient. I love they that.
1: Would, that would be the only patient I think that we would not have the most fun working with, but we could still work with, of course. But there's ones that... Don't always love what you say, that we have to find a different way to reach them. And that's a challenge that we enjoy too. For
2: sure. Yeah. And to go off of what he was saying, it's, I mean, we sometimes have to put ourselves in their shoes and they usually have injured themselves doing what they love doing. And it's just, you have to understand that you're telling them they can't do what they love to do for X amount of time. So you just have to work with them and be able to give them alternatives or something that can kind of get them through that process.
0: I'm so glad that you said that because I think that's. That's something that's so important, putting yourself in their shoes, taking away something that they love to do. Like generally doctors and PTs and athletic trainers. They're not your favorite people to go and see because obviously you're there because something's not, you know, working right. And so, yeah, I love what you said, Nikki, about just finding an alternative for them to do that kind of gives them a little glimpse of hope so that it's not as daunting, the recovery process.
1: Well, they, they almost in a way you lose your identity. Right. You, you become Brock LaBelle, the hockey player, not so much Brock LaBelle, the person when you're a young athlete and that's just who you are. Mm -hmm. And we're fortunate here. We, we have found you and, and other professionals that we get to work with on, on that side of things. And we've had some conversation to that before where they need the help and to talk to somebody and understand that they're going to get back to that. And they're going to be able to do those kind of things without, without re injuring themselves or, Hey, maybe we do need to pull back, but this is how we can, can still progress in different ways. So mm-hmm. we, uh, we really, really try to focus on the whole individual, the whole athlete, not just, Hey, you have an ACL repair that we have to fix and also use our network and our community to, to, reach every angle of that right sometimes we're just not the best person for it in terms of the non-physical therapy related stuff but having the right people around us that are close to Nikki and I Mm -hmm. that are close to our company that help to to build that person back up
0: yeah I love what you said there I mean because athletes are whole people we forget about that sometimes and they're just there to entertain us, but yeah, an athlete is a whole person with so many parts. I love what you said about using the strengths of the community and referring is important too you know with your guys's PT clinic, one of the things I was so attracted to and just pumped on is that it's it's just different. it feels different. It is more of a holistic PT clinic. you have some new technology. Mm-hmm. you really emphasize whole body health, which is really cool. so I just want you guys to be able to talk about how your' PT clinic differs from the one down the street and what you guys really strive to do here that makes you stand out?
1: Well, if you want to start all the way at a surface level, we <laughs> we dress differently than most PT <laughs> clinics. Literally everything that we do on a day-to-day standpoint <laughs> is to... It's not to be different, but we are and we, we find comfort in being different than other places. And we get yeah. referrals and, and patients that come in and say, you know, I, I've tried physical therapy, I've tried mm-hmm. this approach before, I don't know why I'm here, that we get you know, excited about because we get to show them how we are different and show them what physical therapy actually should be and how it can work. So anything, anything from the way that we dress to we schedule our appointments to be a one-on-one. You get, you get myself, Nikki, or anyone else on our staff for the whole hour to yourself. It's one-on-one direct attention the entire time. And then we incorporate a lot of new and emerging technology into that. So the biggest one that we use with all of our patients is called the, the newbie, an electrical stimulation device. It's a pulse direct current, and it's way, way different than a TENS unit. And the outcomes that you get with it are, 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 my world-class, there's, there's nothing like it. Mm. To not blow past that, we also monitor heart rate variability. We include pulsed electromagnetic field therapies. We do everything to ensure, again, we're treating the whole athlete right? We can, we can pop you on an HRV when you say that you're feeling stressed or tired, and we can see that you're overtraining, right? And then Mm -hmm. we can incorporate some wellness things, different, different protocols that we have that encourage parasympathetic nervous system activity to get you back to your, your most optimal self versus just hammering back into other problems. So incredibly fortunate to have that stuff at our, at our fingertips, but it's been able to, to help People reach limits that they didn't know they were going to reach and, and get back to things quicker than they thought they were and doing it in a safer, smarter way. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't trust our ourselves, but it's we have these great things around us that that can, we can complement the greatness of the machine with our individual practice and and get the most optimal outcome. I'm just going to mm-hmm. add
2: in how with all of the stuff that we have here to offer, it's, it's easy for us to each patient each appointment and see how they present that day and that's how we can kind of drive our treatment whether that's a active day where we want to strengthen we want to we want to focus on getting those muscles activated moving or if it's a day that the patient might best ultimately recover with a recovery day and kind of using some of the things that brockett just mentioned to increase the parasympathetic nervous system to kind of bring everything back down to a, a neutral a normal so that's usually what we can do each and every time you guys use so
0: many of my favorite words, the parasympathetic nervous system and HRV training and all that new technology. I think that's just so refreshing as an athlete who's looking for treatment and that ability to be able to trust the people that are responsible for your care and know, like, it's so easy to tell with Brock and Nikki that they're such geeks about PT <laughs> just because of the way that their eyes light up when they're like, "Ooh, like, what do we do today?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's so cool because it's an individualized treatment, and it makes you feel like you're really, really being listened to. Your concerns are being validated day to day because my body feels different day to day. And I know one time I came mm-hmm. here and was just re- feeling really rough. It was right after. I- had done something. I mean, my back, my collar, I have a couple injuries right now. Brock <laughs> was like, let's just go lay down on the EMF mat and do a little meditation. So that day looked a lot different than right. the other days. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's, it's just cool that you offer so many tools. Like, I think that's so awesome.
1: Yeah. And to use you as an example, if you don't mind <laughs> when you came in with, we were treating your back and we were seeing the results we wanted to see with your back. And then you came in with your hip right? And we said, okay, well, let's, let's get on top of this today. It was super flared up. So we did, we utilized some microcurrent, right? And we Mm -hmm. backed off on some of the more aggressive treatment to allow for some healing to happen. We finished on, like you said, the PEMF with some diaphragmatic breathing in a dark room where we close the door, you're by yourself. It's time where you get to, to heal and recover and you just don't find that other places. Mm -hmm. Most places you go, they throw you on the bike for 25 minutes and say, hopefully it loosens up and then a hot pack and they're spread across another clinic talking to their two other patients. And you don't feel like anything's different, right? Throwing Um, all
0: my like athletic trainers from college under the bus now. Now I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, it's so clear what you were doing when you said just do a 30 minute bike warm (laughs) warm-up.
1: Right. And I don't mean to put down other places, but that's just, we found here at our company, that the best way to get the best outcome is to be one-on-one and we think right. the standard of care is met and raised when you are one-on-one and you can you can be individualized and you can be focused on your patient and not three at a time right 100%. Um, and the patients obviously enjoy that
0: yeah that's awesome can you talk a little bit about how is the newbie different from like a traditional tens unit or just regular stim?
1: So the biggest, the biggest, quickest answer would be that every 10s unit that's on the market besides the newbie is an alternating current, meaning there's a work time and a rest time.
0: Mm-hmm, okay.
1: When that work time is on, the muscle contracts and you can't break that contraction. You you're get that activation in the muscle. It holds until the rest time and then you can relax. So what the newbie is, is a pulse direct current, meaning you have a pad to pad communication the whole time with no rest. but the differentiator with that is that there is no locked up sensation. So you can go through full range of motion of all your joints while the machine is on. So the nervous system is getting the, the sensation, the stimulus of, Hey, maybe something I perceive to be painful, shouldn't be painful. This is how long I can, this muscle can go. This is how much I can contract this muscle. This is what proper movement feels like. And we start all of that with our mapping process and we call our mapping process where we use a technique with the machine where we can identify hot spots within the nervous system or restrictors in the way that we move with 100 accuracy we use what we call a search pad it's a wet sponge it's a fancy name for it but um to move along the body to find the spots that that light up. And those are all patient reacted. They, the patient tells us that's the spot that they feel. Yeah. So it's not us guessing and just throwing pads places and hoping we're finding the right thing. We go through a full process to get the right spot, find the nervous restriction system restrictions, and then work through those with proper movement. Right. And we can hit those spots every time. We map and those spots may be different from day to day, but every time we're going to find them and then we're going to get you moving better and feeling better quicker.
2: And I was just going to add in one of the main things that he kind of mentioned with the newbie is it's all patient feedback. It's all different upon patient by patient. It, whether that's like the pad placement, whether that's the intensity that we increase it to, it's all, it's all feedback that we're hearing from the patient themselves, giving us the, the time when to stop the level that it's getting to them or anything like that. Yeah. It's so cool.
0: Obviously the biggest differences that I found throughout my career, I'm sure you can attest to the treatment, the recovery process, like that you would get with ice and stim and different things but you weren't doing the activity at the same time so with the newbie the pads are on you we should do like a little demo to give some context <laughs> we'll do that in, an, in another video but so the pads are on you and then you're going through these exercises so it's really cool it does legitimately feel nothing you've, you've done before which is awesome
1: right it's a it's a new experience for for generally anybody besides who has been here before Yeah. Um, and when you, we speak with confidence about the machine, because we've seen the benefit it can, can provide. And one of my favorites is everybody, every physical therapist, every PTA sees a low back pain patient. That's just a given mm-hmm. when everybody comes in and says, oh, I can't, I can't touch my toes. I like, it hurts to bend forward. And then, you know, a session or two later, they're deadlifting with us. And you're like, Oh my goodness, this, this thing does work. And we get those, those little miracles, if you want to call them that, every day. So I, I'm going to say it again, but it's super rewarding for us to to see people feel that and watch pe- the happiness that people get from just from from being able to do things that they love without any pain, right? For yeah. sure.
0: I can definitely attest to that. I came initially to Brock and Nikki for my herniated disc and my lower back and was unable to run and lift. And it was just really crippling for so many things. Playing volleyball is rough and it's been feeling so much better. I've been running without pain. It's been lifting, taking it easy. I'm being compliant as Brock says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be a good model patient and do all the things because I know how rough it can be when you don't. Listened we just want the things. best for you Gary, <laughs> <all>. <laughs> so much. I know you guys are so kind. Yeah. It's really cool to be able to see those results. And I'm sure it's nice for you guys to be able to day in, day out, see those as well.
1: As the, the biggest thing, right. Another thing that we follow at our company, we don't do anything for you that we feel you can do at home. Right. We don't have ice packs. We don't have like a heating pad. That's stuff that you can do. On your own i can tell you and a the ice i could tell you how to use a heating pad right people aren't coming to us for physical therapy to lay on the table and lay on a heating pad that's right. that's passive and if you're coming to see anyone in our company you're going to get off the table and you're going to move right a physical therapist is the movement expert of the world that's what we brand ourselves to be then we better live by that and show that for um, sure You're gonna get some hands-on stuff in the beginning if you see one of us, but we're gonna be off the table the rest of the time, Mm -hmm. and that's the way that you're gonna get better, right? Movement is the medicine. Movement is the way that we fix things. We don't like being stagnant. We don't like resting. Mm -hmm. Those those sustained postures, those long duration sedentary lifestyle is just not the one that we know. That's not the one that works. So unless it's
0: a yoga (laughs) pose, unless it's
1: a yoga pose, there's time for static stretching. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I do it myself right? But we have to move and you're coming to us to to either learn how to move or to correct movement or to fix movement in ways that you're unaware of. And it's our job to teach that.
0: I'm glad you said that about the the rest, right? Like the movement is important. And that kind of brings me to my next question because I know we've all heard things and you guys have definitely heard misconceptions about physical therapy or even about recovery or rest and I know as an athlete, what that message was growing up, right? Like you sprain your ankle, you're resting it or you're injured, just rest. So we have these messages and our trainers maybe didn't know better back in the day, but let's talk about some of those misconceptions or things that we maybe could have heard growing up that are just a little bit outdated. Rice. Rice. (laughs) Rice for everything. Yes.
1: No. Yeah. We've, we've. The more and more we learn about injuries and soft tissue injuries and and really kind of any impairment, early mobilization is best, right? Mm -hmm. So we talk about training around the injury a lot as Nikki and I and people in our company prep for people that we're going to see or shared patients. We talk about things that they can do around their injury that's not going to hurt it. Right. So early mobilization, we get so much benefit for our knees. If we move our hips, if we're, we're moving our ankles, if, if, and if that's the example you want to use, but moving it early, getting feedback to it, the, the muscle pump and joint movement, you get how that moves fluid in our body. So we don't get like holding swelling. That's all of that is so important. It, it's not a shut it down anymore. It's right. safely, smartly trained around the injury and I, we like to say physical therapy is not just for people who are hurt, right? That's, that's like stuff that. that we can do. That's stuff, you know, you, you can roll your ankle. You, you're not injured. You may hurt a little bit, but you, we can still get you doing stuff that's going to feel like you're not losing the rest of your body
2: yeah, or you're not mm-hmm. just
1: giving up on what you're doing.
2: I mean, you're not deconditioning every other part of your body. You're able to still keep moving. Even, I mean, a lot of times after surgeries, they want you at least sitting up like then no one ever is going to want you to just laying there feeling helpless for yourself they want you up they want you moving the parts of your body that you can move something that's going to keep the heart pumping the blood pumping the, the muscles moving so all of that is a big part of the recovery
0: what are your guys's favorite recovery tools that you like to use here and maybe at home
1: so from from a technology standpoint we offer something we talked a lot about the PEMF, which is a parasympathetic nervous system activator Mm -hmm. right which we monitor through our hrv system to show the actual benefit of what what sitting on that looks like but we also with the newbie incorporate something called a master reset 10-15 minutes of just being on a master reset it directly stimulates parasympathetic nervous system activity so someone who is hurt right that needs to get out of that heightened protected response of the sympathetic side of the nervous system Mm -hmm. just to do a 15-minute master reset and some microcurrent and some activation and some just gentle movement safe movement it's leaps and bounds better than Mm -hmm. uh, than what you do if you just rest like we talked about but just to Finish with that master reset to get that activity to flip yourself to that parasympathetic side. The amount of healing and recovery and sleep, the deep sleep we get from that is is what is going to also help the healing process, right? So we are yeah. we're tapping into the side of our body that does the healing, which just accelerates that that process. That. What about you, Nikki? What do you do at home? then?
2: to recover. I'm big into the stretching side of things and like the more slow paced kind of movements. I yeah. think there's just as much as the, the high activity, high intensity exercises that has a big benefit into just, if you're not able to have a high impact on something, you can still move your body in those ranges. You can still take those muscles through the full length and you can still move your body without having to, to not do anything. You can
0: do lots of activities that aren't Super intense that are going to benefit you, but the athlete brain or the high performing brain wrapping your head around some of those long term benefits are challenging sometimes.
1: We had a had an athlete not too long ago, a triathlete who had a navicular fracture. So if you know anything about a navicular fracture, no, in the foot, it is a it's it's serious enough to be a a, a career ender. So mm-hmm. that's what Yao Ming his career ended because he had a navicular fracture that, that he couldn't get to heal. It's like doesn't have a great healing rate in the body. So it takes some additional intervention to get it to heal. Yeah. So this this patient of ours ultimately had a procedure to get it essentially screwed back together. And he was casted. But I was fortunate enough to talk to the physician before going in for the surgery and asked him if he could make the cast a little shorter so we could still get to his calf. Nice. And then a lot of conversation between the athlete, his parents, myself, Nikki, where we talked about the things that we could do for him. We were still able to get him to a rower, like a, a concept to rower. We were still able to work his hips. We we're still able to do everything. He still came in for his regular treatment all while being in a cast, right? So yeah. by the time that that cast came off with the use of the newbie and the amount of muscle activity you get from being on it i mean maybe a centimeter difference in his calf because we were able to keep it activated that's normally something you go in a cast you just atrophy right you just shut it down so he came out and he was out of the cast pretty soon after was back modified running in a way right not those long duration pound heavy things but got into some jogging intervals and was up and moving around way quicker because he didn't lose his muscle activity. And there was just a really good study done on the newbie where it showed they compared it against just traditional weightlifting and it showed increased cross-sectional area in the muscle. The newbie was more muscle fatigue, muscle soreness after a workout. The newbie was more than just traditional weight training. And the benefit of what that does is it doesn't put any stress on on the joint because most of it is body weight. So we're not putting heavy, heavy weights, which is the thing that's also changing around training these days, it doesn't need to be a back squat like crazy and load up the bar. We can use something like the newbie to keep the activation, get that muscle soreness, get the muscle activity without all the stress on the joint. So he came out of the cast and was basically ready to go right away.
0: That's amazing. One of the biggest things I took away from what you just said was how capable he was throughout the process and but the mental I mean, to be able to still come in and and be so active in your recovery Mm -hmm. for people that are athletes and high performers who are listening to this and you've ever been injured, you know how just daunting that can be and how sad that can be and loss of identity so many factors go into that. So to be so active during that process, I think you're really giving these athletes that hope that they need to hold on to, to be able to recover.
1: Yeah. And it was fun to watch him compete right? It turns into him competing in an, in a sport, a, a triathlete is against himself always. Right. But mm-hmm. Nikki and I got enjoyment out of, we set up some intervals on a, on a rower for him while the cast was on and he'd, he'd throw his headphones on and he'd get going. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was, that's awesome. it's, it's so great for us to be able to watch kids or, or anybody do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And with the newbie, they're able to just feel those those muscles working that they might not be able to actually move the joint if they're casted or if their protocol doesn't allow them to move through a full range, but those muscles are pumping, they're activating. So just mentally, it feels like you're, you are moving. You're not just sitting there. You're not just held up for X amount of time without being able to actually move again. Right.
0: Yeah. So you're getting that momentum physically and Mm -hmm. mentally, I think, because when you're injured, you're having pain, you can feel stagnant. That's like the worst part is that for someone that's a high performing person, sitting still, that's why the idea of sleep and recovery. At least the messaging I received growing up (laughs) from coaches, so many different people were like, no, 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 like just rep it out, keep going, push harder, drive faster. But so the idea of sitting still or doing things like meditating or sleeping or recovery Mm -hmm. just seems so foreign. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want to stay stagnant. I want to move forward. But once you can kind of shift that perspective of like, no, the meditation, the sleep, the recovery. Like all that stuff gives back to you. Like it gives you life.
1: Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, we love important. the, we love the PMF and you can speak to it a little bit. You've done some of it here. Yeah. It was one, awesome. one of the most, I think secret benefits of it is your, it's, it's magnet, right? So you can't have your phone on it. You can't have your Apple watch on it. You're in a dark room by yourself and without a device and you get your time to, to think or visualize or whatever brings you back to center or to home you get to focus on. Right. So it's not, you, you get as much benefited in a way from, from that coupled with what's going on that, um, with the device that you're laying on. So
0: for sure. I love the PMF mat, you know, just disconnecting. We're so stimulated throughout mm-hmm. the day with all of our distractions and different things that we have to deal with and problems we have throughout the day. So it's really nice to be able to just disconnect. Yeah, That's good. I want to get into your mindfulness routines and a little bit about how you give back to yourself. You talked earlier about being able to walk the walk, right? So as PTs and you're talking to people a lot about recovery and treating their body kindly and in a healthy way. So what are some ways that you like to give back to yourself throughout the day with your self-care routine? We'll we'll start with Nikki.
2: Okay. Well, I guess no better way other than to describe that Brock and I just came from a workout. So (laughs) we worked this morning and then, I mean, it's easy to fall into the routine of being like, Oh, we're tired from work. We were up early. We worked hard. We don't want to do anything, but we both went and we're very into keeping each other accountable these days (laughs) because we have each other to lean on when like things get tough like that. So we go and do a workout together every Friday afternoon and it's a fantastic way to just wrap up the week what kind of workout is it what do you like to do i mean they're they're full body we go to a a trainer that was actually a former patient and he's he takes us through the, the ringer for sure but full full body plyometric everything sometimes they're a little bit more strengthening movement sometimes they're more plyometric more impact mouthful yeah so that's that's one thing just trying to you know walk the walk we are trying to get our patients back to the activity levels that they want to get to and we can't just be stagnant ourselves so that's one of the things yeah that's awesome
1: i tend to stay away from any diet conversation because i could work i could, <laughs> I, I, could <laughs> I could i could work on mine <laughs> um, but for for me i mean it's working out is is my my release things happen in office so quickly and and the day happens so fast it's so easy which every working professional can tell you it's so easy to fall out of a routine and for me it's about trying to stay in in a routine so like nikki said we do hold each other pretty accountable to make sure that we're both doing that because we want to be our best every day too and if we're not doing that kind of stuff our our work will suffer and we'll we'll lose what we're what we're trying to do here so we're pretty hard on each other to to stay active recently we took the whole office to go do that workout together and we all kind of suffered together in a way to good bonding uh, yeah suffer together to come together you know and it was uh, I do a lot of that I still play hockey once a week which is kind of my night to myself but I know for me too I need a little bit of alone time I gotta be by myself from time to time and just turn it off so yeah seeking little moments of that that I can find and Nikki does that in in different ways yeah I was gonna (laughs) chime
2: in contrary to his (laughs) idea of kind of Keep relaxing and everything I thrive from having more of like a social aspect filled whether it's going out with friends if there's taking my dog out for a walk or taking him out to a local restaurant anything like that I kind of have that like side of me that just needs to be around people in an atmosphere that's other than the one that I'm in all day but just going out and that I have my horse I still go and see him at least once a week and that's probably kind of like his hockey time I rarely ever even have my phone on me when I go out there I get a point to just leave it in the car even and that definitely fills one of my buckets so I get to go out there and just spend time on the horse that's the other passion that I have that needs to be accounted for so I love that you, you fill
0: up in different ways and everyone's different your alone time is so important and then connecting with other people is important too but some people get drained a little bit easier and need a little bit more alone time and some people right. are social butterflies like Nikki and maybe mm-hmm. thrive mm-hmm. on that social atmosphere a little bit more. I'm curious. I brought this up actually in my last podcast because it was it was pretty funny, but I know Austin, my husband can always tell when I haven't meditated or I haven't had <laughs> enough alone time for the day. He <laughs> says it in such a nice way. He's like, "Oh, if you like, done your meditation today? And I'm like, oh, all right, point taken, got it. And I can't even be, be mad because he says it in such a nice way. But I'm curious for you guys, when we don't show up as the best versions of ourselves, like, if I don't do my workout and I'm not meditating, like, I don't want to be a shitty therapist. I don't want to show up in a way that doesn't reflect the highest vibration for clients. But for you guys, like if you don't work out or you're not doing the things that make you feel good and I'll have you each answer for each other, which will be great. How
1: I should leave. And we'll have to do a,
0: we'll have to do a, 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 Fact that no feelings get hurt for this, but when he (laughs) is underslept or doesn't have his
2: workout, how is his energy and mood? Best way to describe it is his temper might be a little bit shorter. He (laughs) is a little bit hotter with his responses, his directions. Mm. Sometimes he doesn't always. Other people might agree with me. Uses words in the way that we. He kind of just thinks that I I know what he's thinking, and honestly, to a to a point, I kind of do. We are in the same page on a lot of things, but sometimes I'm just like, hey, maybe use your words a little bit. Tell me exactly what you want. But yeah, things like that. I don't know. I guess a little bit more
1: sorry. on can, edge. Yeah. On yeah. Edge, something there- goes
2: bad. There's a little bit more of a response than there could have been if, you know, that pent up feelings, anger, energy was directed into a more positive outlet, like working out or alone time. <laughs> For sure. That's, I mean, it's so normal,
0: right? Like that's it's Brock's response, maybe, but that's everybody you're Mm -hmm. just more irritated you're more prone to get frustrated in traffic or to snap at something you know so yeah that's that's fair for sure brock what do you notice when
1: nikki's not the best version of herself when she's skipping out on her horse time if she misses the horse time then then look out but it's more i would say for her it's it's about getting sleep
2: Oh, that's another. Thing. And
1: for her, when she hasn't, I know I need to turn my listening ears on because she just needs to vent it out a little bit, and I stink at that because <laughs> I want to offer a solution. And Hold I, line, yeah, oh, you that you're looking for a sympathy, not solution. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, that. That's fair. I know that it's not negative or or malicious. She just needs to get it out, and I could. I need to be a better listener from time to time because a lot of times they're going together in a way where I'm like I'm irritated leave me alone I can't listen (laughs) to you bent but for her I think it's it's getting just getting it out having somebody hear it not fix it and then going about it and then Um, you can move on right right absolutely yeah
0: and if you're both not taking care of yourselves. And that happens to fall in the same day. You kind of offset each other and it's really not great. Right. So.
1: Yeah, we, yeah. we work in a small space too. Right. And, and we, what we love about our small space is that every, every patient gets to talk to every patient and every therapist gets to meet every patient that comes in the door. You're not my patient. You're our patient. You're you're in the mix with everybody. You've, you've kind of made friends with some of the people that are around the same time as you, you've exchanged business, ideas or conversation you've exchanged dog food information but the other part of that is if we're not at our best i mean everybody senses it right we get Mm -hmm. we build relationships with our patients some we see two three sometimes five times a week so they can sense it too so we have to be good about being on that way for our patients and People could tell when, when I'm irritated and Nikki's underslept and <laughs> they're like, oh my gosh, shut you the too. doors, we'll shut <laughs>
0: the doors, everyone on the PMF,
1: we're going to make it through today.
2: I was going or... <laughs> to say like at the end of the day, I mean, as a, in a work sense, Brock and I are a team and we, we work together and we, we want to provide what we can for our patients. And if we're not at our optimal selves and then we're off and then we're not working together as a team. So, yeah. and another big thing that I like to have is just some organization and routine, whether that's in my life, in my space, in the area, if things are kind of where they need to be, then I'm working a lot better. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my thing. So I kind of take ownership of that in the clinic. I like to, I mean, Brock helps too, but make sure things are Just put away and organized and just makes it easier for the next days and things at my house. Like, and then my life and my, my mentality, things like that. Just, yeah. Organization is definitely key. (laughs) It makes sense when we know the things that
0: allow you to perform at that highest level or to be your best self when you're not doing those things we should ask ourselves why if I know that mm-hmm. I work better when I'm organized and well slept and worked out and you start to get curious with why you're not allowing yourself to yeah. do those things or where there are some roadblocks and mm-hmm. okay am I just not managing my time well or too much caffeine throughout the day or whatever it is so we can <laughs> figure <Guilty>. out yeah, <laughs> yeah just where just we can do better staying
2: you know? self-aware too the whole yeah. time I think that definitely yeah. is something that I try to strive for every day, just knowing what, where I'm at headspace wise and being able to kind of work, work through that.
0: Yeah. It's important. What do you guys notice with recovery with the athletes and the patients that you see coming through the door, how big of of a deal is like mindset or what they're doing in the off time with your triathlete patient, obviously sounded like he was putting in a ton of work Mm -hmm. and at home too. How big of a piece do you feel like that mental, that mental side is for recovery?
1: Massive. And I'm glad we're going to talk about this in a way I was going to, going to say, I think we we both listened to your podcast with the, with the Navy SEAL as we were yes prepping. Tom prepping. Yes, yes. As we were prepping out, Tom. and he talked about, you know, the on and the off times and like, maybe not balance, but finding those periods of turning it off and myself, it's like, I, I kind of seek those in a way where. I'm on an iPad all day and I communicate with a lot of people through my phone during the day, whether our company-wide text chain is is on there. And if a patient reaches out or something, like when I go and I work out, a phone is not with me, right? Mm -hmm. I have to be alone, right? And to find those things and be aware of them that when they're present and they're right in front of you and not missing them is, I think, the biggest part of that. And we talk a lot about, try to talk a lot about finding those times for our patients where, Hey, you know, rest is important, right? Rest is different than what we used to think it was, but you've got to recover too. And part of that is, is resting and and getting adequate sleep and adequate nutrition and trying to find those things that, that are it for our patients. And some of them it's video games and some of them it's walks and some of them it's, it's identifying that in your patient and then gently reminding that that's what you should be doing.
2: Yeah. yeah. And just listening to your patient too. I mean, sometimes they come in and they're frustrated with their injury. They can't do what they want to do. They just want to talk to someone then at that point, and they want someone to listen to them and truly feel like what they're saying is being heard. And mm-hmm. Rocco says this all the time, but therapy's in the, the job description. They want to be heard and you can just be a set of ears for them at the times. So right, that's a big, big deal. Yeah, that's
0: important. I know the work that I do too. It's so important, even though I am a therapist and they're coming to see me and you know, your patients are coming to see you, but putting yourself on that even playing field just allows that rapport and authenticity to build. And your patients are going to take in more of what you're saying because they're like, Oh, Nikki and Brock are awesome. I trust them. They listen to me. And so some of the messaging and conversation I know if, like coaches like, sometimes have, and maybe athletic trainers have too. Sometimes is I'm big, you're small. I'm right. You're wrong. Right. But being on this pedestal and, and talking down to the patient right. or mm-hmm. to the client, which just doesn't work, right? They're not in a space to receive what you're saying when, when they're not vibing with you. They don't yeah. trust you. They don't feel like you're listening to them. So you get a lot of stuff done by just being the Cool people that you, you know, are, I'm
1: sure. <laughs> yeah, so much of of my first initial evaluation is about human connection, really about figuring out who they are. Right? We talked in our company behind the scenes about Fantasy Island and what is that patient's Fantasy Island? What is the ultimate end goal? How do we how do we get to that? But I love that. One of the things that I I tell everyone my patients, and I watch her kind of giggle from the table over because. She's heard me say it a million times now but every single day I come in here I leave my ego outside right I can't be that person who just tells you what to do right if it's not a partnership if it's not you giving me feedback and telling me what what felt good what didn't feel good I can't do this I can't do that yeah. if you just come in and and are quiet and don't tell me or anything and give me zero feedback we're both not going to do a very good job right so it is the whole job is a is the partnership and I don't want to say you have to be big enough, but you have to be big enough to listen For sure. and you have to hear what they're saying and not just hear it and forget about it, but implement it. And that's just a huge part of, of getting the outcome.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. And you were saying trust before, and that really is just one of the biggest things. And Brock does a great job of doing it with the initial evaluation, but if I see a patient after that, even it's getting them to trust, trust you, trust your interventions, trust your, your physical therapy that you're providing and, one way of doing that is just showing to them that you're, you're listening, you're aware of what they're trying to say. We like to say in our clinic that each patient we see, we want to know, be able to say five things about them that aren't physical therapy or aren't related to their injury or why they're coming in. And that just shows them like we, we do care about them. We're, we want to know more about their life than just here's your, your injury. We're here to get you better and leave and let's see the next one. And like, we have patients that'll come in months, months after for something else. And we're able to say like, Hey, how is your dog? How are the kids? You know, did you go on that vacation? How was it like, and that just gives them the sense of like, wow, these people do care about me as a person and not just trying to get this injury recovered and and leave. And then the other side of that is they trust, they trust us. So when they do come in with something going on, whether we tell them, Hey, recovery day might be the best option for you. They without a doubt they're like okay w- let's do that you guys know what it's going on so for sure yeah it just makes the whole process smooth and whole
1: it's one of our favorite things when we ask a question and they say wow you remember that and it's just it's it to us it's second nature right to, to everybody that works here it's second nature it, it doesn't seem like it should be something that takes work right that should be what we do and who we are but people when you do remember those those small details, it means so much to somebody and Mm -hmm. um, it's special.
0: Well, I think it just
1: goes to show
0: that the care and physical therapy you guys provide here is so different because if that is such a shock to the system for so many people, you have just high standards here and it's common sense for you. But hearing that just hopefully just validates what you guys are doing here. And yes, that's how physical therapy should be but it's not Mm -hmm. in so many places. Uh, And I'm glad you brought up that human connection. The one-on-one is so, so important with just the way that our world is right now. And it just feels good to Mm -hmm. feel listened to and have eye contact and to feel Mm -hmm. connected with and heard.
1: Especially after the last two years.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. You can't put a price on that. We just need that that human connection. Mm -hmm. I love what you guys do. Just wrapping up here, I always like, to talk about what you guys would have told yourselves to do at a younger age so what advice you would give to your 20 year old
2: (laughs) self
1: we'll start with my 20
2: year old self
1: (laughs) you're not you're not Um, that far away I know you are in your late 20s
2: I would think at 20 years old I would probably tell myself to appreciate and find the importance of maybe like the slower times the, sl- the slower days the times when things aren't running so hot you're not cuz i f- i know myself to be a person that kind of always wants to know what's next whether that's work related life related anything i want to know what 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 are we doing next where are we going from here and sometimes i have to like speak to myself and really get intentional with the time that i have that i can just spend you know, slowing down, whether that's recovering or anything like that, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, it's easy to, it's easy to find yourself running away from that or not, not making the time for that. So yeah, at 20 years old, I was probably just trying to see where we we're going next, what was happening, where my life was going next. I mean, it was just, I was coming out of college. It was like, what do I do now? So kind of just finding the peace in those slower moments and I being able that. to really use it to your advantage. Beat that Brock. That was really good.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, that was really good. But mine is, I would say, probably the similar in a way. I, I would tell myself to slow down. Mm-hmm. I wanted all of it all at once, and I wanted to know when it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was on a a... a, a path towards being great and trying to figure out what that was going to be for me and I wanted to know what it was right right then and there and not enjoying the struggle and not enjoying hearing the messages or the lessons you learn from failing uh, i always seemed to find my way onto a good hockey team and a good baseball team when i was playing baseball and there wasn't a lot of that and then when that first one hits you you i have kind of two choices to, to either learn from it or, or just be mad at it. Right. So at that time too, I also would tell myself to probably stop being so selfish in a way. I just, and I say selfish, but I thought I could, I could do it on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. And not using my resources and it took me a little bit after that to realize there's so many great people around you that you can use as a resource and you can find help from and lean on and someone who's done it and you haven't. And how you can pick their brain. And, and my young self didn't wasn't open to that. So I would, I would say slow down and, and use your resources probably.
0: Yeah. I love that. Both of you said similar things, but such an amazing message. I think it just shows the classic athlete mentality <laughs> of go, go, go being super driven, having just maybe a fear hesitancy to ask for help. Because again, with some of the messaging that we received growing up or throughout our careers, it's just that you got this, figure mm-hmm. it out, you know, and so there is some fear sometimes of asking for yeah. for help, and it's, you know I important. had to
2: get through that like feeling of if I wasn't doing anything that there were there was a problem, and I felt guilty yeah. for not doing something, and it that's a struggle one. and if i'm if I'm sitting there not actually like mentally relaxing then then I'm not doing it correctly, so I really had to tap into that mental side of of myself and really dig deep within to kind of see what, what was it that allowed me to slow down and truly just disconnect to reconnect. So that's a big thing. And that has carried me through all the way to this day and something that I'll forever be learning and digging into. So just that, that idea that it's okay to go
0: slow sometimes. Yeah. I love that. I'm curious, was there any one moment maybe either for you guys that stands out where you we're thinking, wow, I really have to slow down. Was there a wake up call or was it just kind of an accumulated build of things that have built up going too fast too often?
1: I think it's probably when I got cut from my first hockey team. I mean, you went and try out this big step of playing like travel hockey and working into playing junior. If you're familiar with the hockey world, it, it's difficult and not everybody's ready right away. And, right. and there's other avenues to go because you aren't, if you aren't ready and and it gives you another year to develop in a way and to go and to try out for that team. And I had never been cut before. Right. So that was kind of, it's hard, right? It's your first uh, feeling of of rejection from an athletic standpoint and figuring out why and and learning how to get better. That's all happened quickly, right? Where you expect to make it, you expect to do your best. And then someone else tells you, no, it's tough pill to swallow and then tough to learn from unless you have the right people around you uh, right. to point that out. So that was probably, probably my moment as well as a million other ones I'm not thinking of right now where you got Yeah, I feel like there's so, <laughs> so many, I couldn't think of a single
2: one, but. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good one. Maybe just my idea of wanting to, to go, go, go. And I was always worried about who I was going to go hang out with or something like that. Like you, you lose some of those special connections that you made growing up or like foundational people or things in your life that you really rely on that you kind of lose because you're just too busy not being present with where you're at right now and just too worried about the future and where you're going to go next. So coming to terms and realizing that I need to be more intentional about the people or the things I'm surrounding myself with and just having
0: that to fall back on. I love putting context to the idea of slowing down so that people can have an idea or a visual or an example of what that can actually look like and what that has looked like. For real people, you know, because it's easy to give pro tips or guidance on different things. And sometimes it's really hard feeling like something's intangible. Like what does slow down or rest? What do those things look like? How do they apply to my life? You know, so I always like to kind of give some context. So thank you guys so much for describing your background with slowing down.
1: I would say something that we, we focus on too, with our, our younger athletes is to, to stop comparing Mm -hmm. and I uh, say it all the time in the clinic and I say it as I'm laughing because everybody else laughs at it but like it's a it's a you versus you thing and it's not so so much pressure as a high schooler without really understanding that it's not the biggest point in your life but it's a time where you're taking the SAT and someone else got a scholarship offer and I did and they got a better score and they have that car and I have this car and it's like right know you have you have a car that works that gets you from a to b you are able-bodied and you play a sport and your scholarship's going to come next and your your sat score is still good but it's not the best one and that's okay it's not if you just compare yourself to i think everyone around you you just have no idea who you are and speaking to that a little bit with some of our athletes helps them kind of be like oh i am grateful for who i am yeah. and what i have and almost changes a switch on for them in a way so
0: yeah you never know when you're that person to shift someone's perspective a little bit and because you do have such good rapport with people anyone that has good rapport with athletes or people that you're working with you're that person to help guide when you see something that that could be shifted for for the better for them so whether that's letting them know to practice more gratitude or get off their screen time mm-hmm. coming from you. And you have mm-hmm. that trust and likability with them. They're going to think twice about that. It's not right. some teacher or like their parent <laughs> or the recycled mm-hmm. comments that they're hearing all the time. So it, it does hit different sometimes. So those messages are so important, especially for the high school and college mm-hmm. athletes, for sure. Let everyone know where they can find you guys, obviously in Tampa. So if you're in Tampa, Florida, competitive edge physical therapy but i know you have the handle on instagram where can people find you it's
1: at go c-e-p-pro p-r-o uh is our our company instagram handle we have three offices around the tampa bay area so we should be able to reach anyone and everyone
0: awesome very cool is there anything else you guys want to add as
2: we're wrapping up
1: we're always accepting new clients come <laughs> see us we love Ooh, meeting guys. new people i love
2: making the connections we love doing things out in the community and just meeting people and like how we met Carrie. I mean, mm-hmm. what better way to have met her and be doing something like this? I mean, this all came from from physical therapy from our
1: from from us. a, a walk in during our lunch hour. Ugh,
0: oh, <sighs> I know the nerve of me. The nerve it's interrupting. The nerve. <laughs> Just to
1: think I lost my lunch hour. Jeez. Oh my
0: gosh! I only took up about ten minutes of your time. Okay? <laughs> the temper was low after that. Right. Huh? <laughs> so if you're looking for a new physical therapy experience, human connection, so much more, come and see what Brock and Nikki are all about, and what all the other awesome physical therapists at competitive edge are in the other locations. So thanks so much for joining us on this episode and we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Ready, Set, Mindful podcast. Make sure to join us next week as we have another episode for you. If you haven't checked out readysetmindful.com, make sure to check out our free mental toolkit to optimize your performance. And if you're not following us on social, make sure you do that we're on facebook and instagram at ready set mindful make sure to leave us a review if you liked what you heard always look forward to seeing what your guys' thoughts are we will catch you on the next episode